Hey everybody, welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. This is the special bonus episode of the Golden Girls Book Club. You will get to listen to us discuss Caroline's book, Destiny and Other Dilemmas. The episodes release one a month. Um, We can't always guarantee it's going to be on the same day every month, um, but it will usually be on a Tuesday. Uh, So one a month, we read a book, um, preferably by the indie community, and talk about it and rave about it and talk about how much we loved it, all that kind of fun stuff. So keep listening and you will get to listen to us talk about Destiny and Other Dilemmas by Caroline Floor. Have fun, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Golden Girls Book Club bonus episode on the Piggy Bookworm podcast. My friends, Caroline Floor, Lacey Crouch, and Katie Roberson are here. We are the four Golden Girls. We've taken over for the original Golden Girls after the death of our beloved Betty White. So we were the new generation. We're going to take over and we're going to make it all about books, darn it, because that's what we do. So we get to talk about Caroline's book this month. Uh, we all read her book, Destiny and Other Dilemmas, over the past month or so. And we are ready to chat about it, psychoanalyze it, get her opinions on things, and all sorts of fun stuff. So we have no pre-planned questions this month. So we're just going to see where it goes and where it takes us. Have fun, everybody. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. So, okay. So we were talking, before I hit record, we were talking about psychoanalyzing Caroline's (laughs) choices of colors. I think that was Lacey's idea to psychoanalyze her choice of colors. Did (laughs) it was it was a joke, but I'm gonna make it a serious topic of conversation. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah. So Caroline's favorite color is blue. Do you think that that just kind of, because I tend to, you know, my favorite color is green. So I tend to put green like in a lot of things. Like my picky bookworm brand colors are green, black, and silver. Um, Katie does a lot of purple in hers. Do you think that that's kind of what (laughs) happened? Do you think that's kind of just what happened is your favorite color is blue? So you just kind of subconsciously put your favorite color in your stories? Because even your book cover is blue. (laughs) Yes, I do think it was done by accident, but I do like what blue stands for. I like the color, but it also means like integrity, loyalty, honesty, and I like those traits. So I do think that it kind of snuck its way in without me being aware of it. Well, and that, you know, integrity and honesty and everything actually kind of goes along with the theme of the book as well, if you think about it. Um, the, you know, we'll read, you know, have a, a quick synopsis, uh, the main character, Brooke, who I tend to visualize as Caroline, um, in my head, (laughs) Brooke is a blonde. It's just, it's just what happens. Um, I really don't care how they describe her in the book. Uh, she looks exactly like Caroline in my head. Um, (laughs) she has a son with food allergies, which I think was a, a great way to bring awareness two certain things in the world of food allergies. Um, and she ends up separated uh, from her husband and is just kind of having to navigate this brand new world of new things and firsts and 
you know, do I tell people at work that I'm separated from my husband? And, you know, do I go on a date with this guy, even though I haven't lived with my husband in a year? And, you know, so she's, you know, having to navigate all of these different things in a way that is so relatable, so relatable, which I have my, I actually should have brought my tablet in here. Um, I highlighted so many things in that book. So I'm like, I want to talk about this. Um, I you know, just pulled mine up. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, you know, but it was, it's just, you know, her having to navigate this world, this brand new world. And it's, you can tell it's written with such care and you can tell it's written with such, such poignancy that everything about Brooke is probably relatable to some woman anywhere. And Katie is raising her hand. So what did you want to say, Katie? Oh, no, I- no, I'm pointing to Lacey's whatever she has. Oh, okay. It's, it's her Kindle. <laughs> Is that your? <laughs> yeah, I I left my tablet out in the living room when I came in to record. So shame on me. Well, it's interesting that you say that because <clears throat> I wasn't expecting that, and I've probably been told that more than anything else. And it's even in the reviews. Like if you start seeing reviews on websites or Amazon or Goodreads, people will say I related to this so much. And these are people from all different backgrounds. <laughs> But it's different parts. Like people relate to different parts. Some parts, and I love this because I wanted to be kind of a soap opera book. And the thing about soap operas, if you've ever watched them, is you always have parts that you're really interested in, but then other parts you're not at. You like it, but it's not your main part right now. And that changes. So I'll have someone say, well, this part, you know, I liked it, but my main focus was on this part. I couldn't wait to hear more of this. And then I'd get the opposite from someone else. And that made me so happy because I felt like that makes it a real, you know, scenario <laughs> happening where people have their favorites. And I don't know. I liked it. So Speaking of favorites. Oh, oh no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Katie. I was just going to say, speaking of favorites, there's like this one line that gets used twice in the book. And... It's probably my favorite line in the whole whole book. There's there's another one, but this one I will find myself using sometimes on a weekly basis, and it's the beautiful fall meal. <laughs> yes, the the beautiful the beautiful autumn meal. I yes, the beautiful. and and when and when Keller actually and you know of course trying no spoilers i'm also doing an alias fan cast and we're not worried about spoilers um at all we warn people constantly we're gonna have spoilers um so i'm still in like no spoiler brain but when keller actually shows her what he meant was that was yeah. a great that was a great scene. Um, you know, I'm gonna try not to go into too much detail about any context around um what happened um to bring them to that point. But you know, her, you know, just she's having to co-parent with this guy who he's kind of a dick. I'm sorry for the language, <laughs> but he kind yeah. of is. And you you have done you did him justice really in that area, I think, because we really didn't want to like him. At least me, not me. I did not want to like him. I wanted to hate him. I wanted him to fall down an elevator shaft. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is going to become a thing. Lacey is, or somebody, somebody, you've started a thing. Um, I don't remember who it was that first um, brought that up. Um, but 
It needs to be a weekly question for you. So which character would you want thrown down an elevator who is, shaft? Who is your elevator shaft character? <laughs> yes. That's what I wanted is I wanted the favorites to change around. I, you know, and I, I think I'm going to add that to every book review. I'm going to be like my elevator shaft character. And this is who it was. Um, I think that's just going to be a picky bookworm thing from now on. Um, but I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to like him. And then, you know, of course, he he had to have a redeeming quality. Why did you give him a redeeming quality? Seriously. I was team Rob for like three quarters of the book. I wanted her to end up with the sexy Italian. Um, you know, of course, I'm married to a sexy Italian. So, you know, I'm kind of biased, I guess. But. And you know, I didn't like Rob. You no. didn't like Rob? No. <laughs> yeah, Lacey no. was sending me hate, hate texts about, Aww. about how much she disliked him. And she disliked him early, too. I was impressed. I... Yeah, no, there there was definitely a quality about Rob, Roberto, that was just off-putting from the get-go. And it's like, it didn't get better. It, no. it just didn't. And I, I was like, funny. you know, at some point, I'm like, Brooke, she just needs to go it alone. Yeah, <laughs> Forget yeah. guys. I, too much trouble. I actually, I, I like at the end, you didn't know, would she be alone? Would she be with someone? And if so, who? Exactly. Or would she be perfectly happy if she stayed by herself? See, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I am, I'm of the opinion that no matter which way it went, I would have been happy with it. Right. Because, yep. because yep. to me, that was exactly how it should have been if it happened that way. So the way that it happened, of course, was written in such a way that you're like, oh, well, okay. It's it's supposed to be that way, so that's fine, you know. Or if, you know, this other thing had happened, it'd be like, oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's that should have happened. So it's, you know, the way that Caroline wrote it was no matter what happened, we were probably going to be okay with it. Even if you hated Rob and yeah. she ended up with Rob, you probably would have. <laughs> you would have been sending hate, sending hate texts to Caroline. Why did you do this to me? Um, were there were there any parts besides Lacey? Because we know she's a troll. Um, in this in this respect, just let me finish. Were there any parts that made you cry? Lacey doesn't cry. That's why I. I yeah, she's. Yeah. Did you cry? Yeah, Did you actually cry, yeah. cry <laughs> in this book? At least twice I cried, but I'm a big crybaby. So, you know, I I didn't get to the point where I ugly cried, but it, it was it was a good, you know, I need to go sit in the bathroom and read this so that my kids don't think I'm crazy <laughs> so that I can have yeah. easy access to tissue paper, you know, yes. that, that kind of cry at yes. least twice. Just, you know, just a couple, a couple tears. Um, you know, I... I had, you know, just a, like you, just a couple of parts from like, okay, I need to just go be by myself for just a minute. And I'm yeah, like, okay, I'm fine now. Where it was intentional, um, and and I cried writing it, and that's Aww. usually the places where people cry. Yeah, that's where you hope. Yeah. Yeah, and though there have been a couple of places, several people have cried that I was completely surprised about. And I'll tell you oh. off the air what those were, but yes. I was surprised about those. But it made sense. But something in their life, they were drawn to that. 
and that yeah. really affected them. And I didn't see that coming. So yeah. that was interesting. Well, and that's, you know, and that's kind of what happens when you write a book that is based on, not really based on, but set in real life, quote unquote, you know. Lacey's book, her is, you know, yeah, she has a, a ton of relatable characters and she has those characters that we love to hate, but the world that she's created is completely fantastical. You know, right. again, Katie's book is kind of sort of real world, kind of sort of not. It's kind of half and half. Um, you know, she so she's got these really relatable characters, but they're, you know, kind of sort of in the real world, kind of sort of not. Your characters, she lives in Dallas. So, I mean, <laughs> straight up, you know, this is real world problems. You know these people. <laughs> and, yes. you know, there are things. I want to tell you something that I, let me think, did I nearly cry or did I actually shed a tear? <clears throat> I might have shed a tear for something in Katie's book, which was the opposite. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give a spoiler on your book, but something that I didn't care about at all at the end, <laughs> made me cry, which is not normal. <laughs> See, and I have not, I oh, have, okay. <laughs> I have I'm two, I have two proofreading <laughs> projects <laughs> ahead of Katie. So I am, I'm like not even like really close to your book yet, but I'm getting there and I'm so excited. And I just, I'm like proofreading like a banshee <laughs> trying to get to it because I'm like, I kind of sort of know what's going to happen and I kind of sort of don't. And I, yeah, so I'm like, I'm really excited. You made a bunch of changes and you're going to be excited. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. And one thing. It's called Between the Birches in case anybody decides to look it up. Yes. Between the Birches. Um, we are, Katie is actually going to do a cover reveal for us after the podcast. So Anybody listening, be watching Twitter, go follow KP Writes Fantasy, and so you can get the cover reveal for Between the Birches, because we're super, super, super excited. Um, I am the only non-author, I'm the only non-author in the group, so um, it's it's very strange to be talking about three books that aren't, and you know, not have mine, um, thepiggybookworm.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just read your newsletter an hour ago. Oh, yeah. So you've got a newsletter. You write. I do have a, a weekly newsletter. I write book reviews. Um, I I do tons uh, as much as I can for the indie community, um, which is actually why we started this podcast. I don't know if we have discussed why we've done this anytime recently, um, but every month we get together and we read an indie book. And then we get together and we discuss it and we record our thoughts. So basically it's like a, a buddy read slash book review, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, and we started calling ourselves the Golden Girls because each of us actually in personality resembles one of the original Golden Girls. We have... Pam, myself, who is a little bit ditzy. Um, I'm very much the rose of the group. Uh, Katie is the Blanche of the group, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Lacey is very <laughs> Lacey is very much our rose. She is she, Lacey's she's just very rose. Um, not rose. Who am I thinking of? I'm sorry? Sophia. Sophia. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was looking, I was looking, I was seeing her head in, I was like seeing her face in my, in my brain and the name just came out wrong. And then Caroline is our Dorothy. So we each resemble one of the original Golden Girls in personality. So that's kind of just why we called ourselves the Golden Girls Book Club and we get together and share our book thoughts with you guys and have such a great time doing it. Lots of laughter. It's great. Um, so back to Caroline's book, Caroline, how long did it take you to write it? I'm super curious. Um, I think about a year, but I worked on it off and on for about a year because it was, you know, I, you know, my son has multiple food allergies and you know, that's a, that's, it's, it's tough to write about something really serious and personal to you. And I gave the character a son because I know what it is to have a son. So I went with that so I could use real examples. So a lot of the things really happened because I wanted people to understand that my son's not the first child to ask if he needs a will, right? Right. Because of yeah. allergies. You know, they think about dying because it could happen. And, and it could happen you know, quickly kind of, too, before they have a chance to even really think about it. My, right. you know, my husband, just real quick um, interjection. My husband actually has an allergy to onion, which is a very, oh very, gosh. very rare food allergy. And when we tell places, when we go somewhere, we can't go to Mexican restaurants together because he will tell, I mean, he has actually told people at a Mexican restaurant, I cannot have onion. I am allergic. And they'll be like, oh, we'll just cut it up really small. That's a, it'll be okay. Right. And, you know, and his, his allergy is bad enough that if he were to have onion here at home, he would be dead before the ambulance could get here. Wow. That is how quickly it would hit. And we keep onion powder in the house and that's it because that's the only type of onion that he can eat. I accidentally had onion like on a salad after we had been together for about a year and was like, this lettuce is gross. What is this? And I looked at it. I was like, oh, it's an onion. I haven't had one. I haven't hadn't tasted it in like a year and had completely forgotten what they even tasted like. So, which is totally fine because I hate onion. Um, but yeah, I mean, severe food allergies, it's a, it's a thing and it's scary. It is. And what's funny is when I was writing it, um, I was just talking to someone about this, but when you read the book, I talk about Allergic Living Magazine in the book yes. several times because it's been a very, very, very important magazine to my family and to any allergy families. And it never in a million years occurred to me that the editor of Allergic Living would buy my book and read it. <laughs> and that's what happened. And, you know, I've written articles now for Allergic Living. Yes. I'm on another one. And it's just so strange how destiny works, right? Yes. Carol, I love destiny. And it's just funny because I wondered if I had envisioned, you know, the editor for Allergic Living reading the book, would I have written more or would I have changed it or what? But I, it never occurred to me that could happen. And that was probably one of the most exciting days of my life <laughs> when I got an email from her. It's like meeting your, that. it's like meeting your hero. I know. Yeah. And, and it was really great. In the, in the book, I really wanted to show how important it was to our family and so many families. And I just tried to envision her 
reading along in the book and coming across those scenes that literally are about Allergic Living magazine. And having her own little <laughs> kind of moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, somebody wrote about my magazine. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. We're talking about Destinies and Dilemmas, but all I can see in the background of Caroline's thing is Destiny and Dilemmas. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's got her. Yep, you've got your book framed. Is, is that like and, and your actual book inside of a shadow box? Yes, I <laughs> that, and I don't. I don't know what if you're supposed to lay it down or hang it on the wall, but I kind of like it like that. So I put it in there. I, That's cute. I, I actually have a surprise for you guys. I probably shouldn't say it on here because no one will be able to see it. But oh, oh, <laughs> for you guys. Oh, how cool is that? Oh, that's cool. It is a blue horseshoe and it says destiny on it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a vote. I'm gonna take a vote. It's beautiful. How many of you guys, besides Caroline, knew that the main character's name was not Destiny before you picked up the book? Lacey's the only one that raised her hand. I had absolutely no clue. I I saw the book. I didn't. I don't read blurbs, and I think that's probably why I didn't know. Yeah. Because I I try to stay away from blurbs if I can. Uh, sometimes I will. Um, sometimes I'll re I'll read blurbs. Um, but most of the time I won't read one until after I've read the book. So when I picked up the book, I honestly thought her name was Destiny, and then I'm like, who the hell, who the heck is Brooke? <laughs> her name's destiny um that is funny and second second vote question how many of you guys imagined caroline's face as brooke okay lace lacy raised <laughs> yeah, her hand again yeah, katie's right Wait, brooke, i brook <laughs> was just katie not brooke brooke was brooke was just katie wow okay um <laughs> This is this is why I don't edit you guys so you can get all of the mistakes. I'm just saying. Um but no, Brooke was she Caroline. That was who, you know, whenever I imagined Brooke getting stuck in traffic on the highway, I imagined Caroline getting stuck in traffic and it was, you know, it was actually quite easy for me because your personalities are very similar. <clears throat> and, you know, in the way, very relatable, um, especially in the way that you both care about your kid, you know, her caring about Nicholas and her teaching him how to say no at restaurants or how to call a restaurant and ask, you know, what do you do about food allergies and, um, you know, telling, sitting down with him and telling him, if you have this girlfriend, you need to ask her not to eat peanuts, like ever. Like she's, if she wants to be with you, she needs to not ever eat peanuts. I can imagine yeah. Caroline doing all of those things. Mm -hmm. And those she probably has. <laughs> those things happen. Do you think your teenage son wants to talk to you about how he can't kiss his girlfriend if she's had peanuts within the last four hours? No. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an awkward situation. Not, yeah. Not. I mean, there's, there's one, <laughs> there's one point in the book and I highlighted it, but it's like, 
um, they're talking about, you know, the grilled chicken doesn't have nuts on it. And that's about like, um, I think it was page chapter 22 in the book. I don't remember how many chapters there are, but at that point, you know, after learning all this new stuff about food allergies and just how much difficulty, you know, what we take for granted, just going out and getting whatever, um, you know, how many, how much difficulty it is for someone who, with food allergies, I'm sitting here going, you know, but they might cook it in, you know, peanut oil. What if, what if, you know, yeah, there's no nuts on the chicken, but what if they cook it in the peanut oil? You know, yeah. it's, uh, that, I mean, it was an eye opener for me. I mean, really was. Yeah. And, um, you know, for, for me with the gluten allergy, um, you know, I would, if I went to new, new restaurants are really stressful, you guys, I'm just saying. Um, because if they do anything fried, I have to ask, do you cook your, your chicken fingers in the same with your French fries? Because if they do, then I have to be really careful about that. And, you know, luckily I haven't had an issue in a while, um, mostly because I don't try new restaurants, but, you know, but finding places that serve like just corn or finding places that have gluten options gluten-free options it's amazing so it's the stress of going to a new restaurant even for something as simple as a gluten allergy and yes it is a simple allergy um it's it's long-term deadly it's not short-term deadly so it is a very simple allergy um even that is stressful so i mean just i mean just imagining a 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old kid having to deal with these, this horrible allergy that could kill him and learning to be responsible is, you know, and getting to go on that journey with Nicholas too was really great. Um, you know, cause yeah. you didn't really just feel like it was Brooke's journey. It was Nicholas's as well. And, and his learning about this thing that could kill him and his learning how to navigate the world that way. <clears throat> I mean, good for Brooke uh, uh, too, because, you know, Nicholas was a really good kid. I yeah. mean, he, you know, I imagine your son is probably very similar to him, but he, he's really responsible for very his age. Much. But, you know, so. most kids with food allergies are really good kids. And I think yeah. it's because they've always been on the outside. They've never right. been dropped off at a party. Bye. You know, there's pizza. There's, you know, there, there's no, yeah. you have to really work to do all these things. So they, and they know that and it just. I don't know if it grows them up faster or it's just a different point of view, you know? Yeah. Life. So speaking, speaking of new places, can we take a second and can we talk about the fair scene? <laughs> when Brooke wants to get him a snow cone. It seems, oh, it yeah. seems, I, that was one of the parts that I teared up at because it's, a snow cone. I mean, you you would think that that's something so simple. It's ice and syrup. And, you know, but Brooke is having to go around to all of these different trailers and asking them, okay, do you do this in your trailer? Do you do this in your trailer? And trying desperately to find some way that she can get her son a freaking snow cone. It's It was just insane. But then finding that one place that the lady was like, well, I don't have snow cones, but I have this and, you know, let's see what we can do for your kid and finding, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it because, you know, finding 
someone who, even if they don't necessarily understand your allergy or understand what you're going through, the way that they are willing to accommodate what you're going through and willing to do what they can for you is absolutely incredible. And it's, it will bring tears to your eyes. It's, it's just one of those things. That's why I wanted to include it because you'd be surprised how often that happens. You're somewhere it's, you know, it's a disaster and one person will kind of step forward and say, well, we could try this. And they have no reason to do it, but they right. see an opportunity to help and do. Yeah. And it's it's just the impact is huge when that happens. And and a yeah. lot of and a lot of restaurants, they don't even they don't even really realize just what a big deal it is. Um, you know, for example, have you guys heard of the um the restaurant? Oh, I wanna say it's not Zoe's. Um, maybe it is Zoe's. Um, it's like a Lebanese place, like a Middle Eastern place. Okay. It might just be here. Um, but they have a, um, a recipe or a a meal that it is chicken parmigiana, like grilled chicken with pasta sauce. And it's on top of orzo. Well, orzo is a type of pasta. I don't ever heard of orzo. Um, it is a type of pasta. It looks like rice. It's like flat. Like if you take rice and just kind of flatten it between your fingers, that's kind of what orzo looks like. Right. And my mom and I went to eat there and told them that we needed the gluten-free option. Not having any clue what this gluten-free option is. We could have ended up with like pasty, gross pasta of some kind. But they brought it out. They had roasted vegetables to put this chicken on top of. And it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, my mom and I are sitting there and we are feeling absolutely spoiled rotten. My dad is sitting at the next table over eyeing our plates going, man, I should have done that. Um, No. And (laughs) my mom and I are like, no, we're we're not sharing. This is ours. And, you know, I mean, it was to the point that we actually asked for the cook to come out so that we could tell him how much what he did meant to us. And to the restaurant, they were like, well, it's just a gluten-free option. It was, you know, we just offer that. It's no big deal. To my, to my mom and me, it was huge. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, and I know the (laughs) destiny and other dilemmas is not just about the food allergies, but it's, it's such a big part of it. And it's such a big part of how she grows and how she raises her kid and how she becomes this, this person. Um, but we are 30 minutes in and we still have not discussed Keller and Rob, her two, her two potential, (laughs) her two potential (laughs) love interests. We kind of discussed them earlier. Um, Rob is this man that she ends up working with um, and try, and when she goes on her business trip to Italy, she goes on a date with Rob and she is not divorced yet. And she has not even announced to her job that she is divorced yet. Um, divorced? Wow, no, you guys, I can't separated. talk today. They're separated. They're separated. separated. Not divorced. They're not divorced. Yeah. And yeah, like legally, 
-hmm. Right. And so she, you know, is, of course, feeling horribly guilty about going on this date with Rob. And it creates kind of this tension throughout the rest of the book. You know, you have this, her meeting Rob, and then you have her traveling to Rome and, you know, all of this and, you know, all of this tension through the book. But then you also have her co-parenting with Keller, her husband, and this tension with Keller. And so you have almost a, a love triangle type situation mm-hmm. going on. So, um, Katie, were you team Rob or were you team Keller? Because um, <laughs> I, I know we, I know we I mentioned it a little bit earlier. You were team who? I was team Brooke at, at this point. It's like Keller's being a complete ass. Um, sorry. Uh, That's okay. I've already said Dick, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, he was, he was being really horrible and um, it just, it just seemed like he wasn't listening to Brooke's side of the story at all. And it, I felt like that was unfair to her in the beginning. So, and then Rob comes along and then it's just like, like I said, I just had a feeling about him. It's like, you know, he's, not right for her and you know i i'm like she she needs to just be on her own (laughs) that's where i was at Mm -hmm. for most of the book but you know so i was i was team brooke even though keller was really hot you know as far and good looking i mean he I, i have you know an imagination of of what he would be like standing you know I described him pretty um, well, I think. I... Yeah. Really, yeah, really <laughs> tall with lots of tattoos. Yes. That's, you know, and, that's and kind of... muscular build. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of almost have, not quite, but almost like Ian Summerhalder. But not quite. Um, like, came up. Um, like I, Ian I, Summerhalder I, I, or I, maybe David Boreanaz. Type type looks if David Boreanaz <laughs> had a lot of tattoos. Yeah. Um, so we we actually talked about actors who would play people. And yes, Katie we did. and I picked uh, Jason <laughs> Jason Momoa for Keller. For Keller. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I you know that looks looks wise looks wise yes I I completely I I think that Jason Momoa would make a fantastic Keller looks wise but Jason Momoa. Other than, I mean, because even when he was Ronin on Star Trek, on Stargate Atlantis, he wasn't a complete ass. He was just kind of sullen. So I, I don't know that he could pull off the personality of Keller. You'd be surprised. I don't know. His, his Cal Drogo, when he was in Game of Thrones, well, that's a good, you know, yeah, I read the good books. Point. And then he he brought Cal Drogo to life with yeah. Danneries. So that's, that's a good yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> that is yep, yeah, that is a very good point. Okay, so Jason Momoa for Keller. Who who other other than Caroline? Because you know I'm sure Caroline would not mind being you know married to Jason Momoa for a movie. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> just married, just you know for a few hours a week, it's fine. Um, but who who do you think would make a good brook? Well, and the room goes silent. Uh, on Tina Fey. No. <laughs> Yep, Tina Fey came to mind. Tina Fey. 
Yeah, she's yeah, she definitely has the has the mom attitude I think going on. Um, okay, so yeah. who who for Rob? I went looking for somebody that I could find that could play a good like <laughs> sexy Italian, and I could not find one. So who who do you have for Rob? And you're I laughing so. <laughs> It's because we were talking about this just like, you know, at lunch today, Lacey and I were, and it's like, I don't know who would play Rob, and she came up with the perfect person. Okay. okay. So I'm going to let her tell you. Okay, who? John Stamos. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely perfect. John Stamos. <laughs> um, so, okay. And then, we, and then, so, last but not least. We, for, for Nicholas, we would also pick Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, Tom Holland does a lot. and he's But he's also a little old, I think. They would have to adjust the story for Tom Holland, unless he could play like a 12-year-old. Um, well, then what about Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> Maybe. See, and I would, I would think more along the lines of um, the kid who played the son in The Mummy Returns, if you were a little bit younger. Yeah, I don't know. I cannot is. remember. I'm His name is like Freddy, Freddy you know, we could just something. Have Caroline Sun play him. <laughs> yeah, we could just get we Caroline Sun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't I can't see him being mad at, you know, having to hang out with Jason Momoa a few hours a week either. Probably not. No, I don't, you know. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. I'm looking him up now. His okay. name is Freddy Both. Yes. Um, B-O-A-T-H. He's got a kid now. He was a kid. Oh, I know. Movie. Yeah, he was. A kid. It's been that long. He oh was super, super young. But okay. that's but that's kind of who I have in my head. As, you know, so maybe Freddie Bo's kid could be Nicholas when he gets a little bit older. Uh, <laughs> if he's if he's just as adorable, because I'm sorry, Freddie, when he was a kid. What about one of Jason Momoa's kids? Doesn't he have a there whole we go. He's got like three, three, I think. Yeah. Two or two or three. Just grab some random kid off the street. Isn't that how kids get discovered is, you know, producers just kind of go to the park and it's like, oh, that kid's cute. Let's have him in. Uh, <laughs> at least according to the TV show Friends, that's how that happens. Uh, okay, well, I have a question for you. Three. I was just curious. I'm trying to think how to word it without giving anything away. Was there any point that you were mad at Brooke's best friend? Yes. Julie. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. I thought that something was going up. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's funny because something was going cute. on at first. When I first started writing. That's. <laughs> That scene, I was very, very pissed at her. Not at all. We're not going to do spoilers. Y'all just need to buy the book and read it. Um, But yes, there was a scene that I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, Julie. Oh, honey, that is just not. No, no, that is not cool. But But on the other side of that coin, that not cool situation kind of helped things move forward in a better way for other people. So it was, it was kind of the, in the middle of it, you're like, but when, no, why? why don't no. Yeah. 
But then later you're like, well, look, that kind of turned out okay. So I, I guess we'll forgive her. I guess. Don't really want to because she was kind of being a bee about the whole thing. But I guess. So, um, so have you, Caroline, have you ever been to Italy? Okay, so you, so when you are describing, so when you are describing her vacation (laughs) in Rome, not really a vacation, but um, when you are describing her trip to Rome, you've actually been there. So that was easy for you to describe all of that. And did you actually eat at the little tiny hole in the wall restaurant? There's so many of those. So... (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I wanted. I want to go to Italy. Is on my bucket list, like hardcore. I want to go with my husband, and we're gonna eat all the bread and all the pasta, and I'm going to ignore my gluten allergy for about a week, and hope it doesn't kill me. Well, I okay. I'm not saying do this, but I have heard from more than one person that the pasta there did not impact them like here. I don't I, know why. I don't. I've know heard. I've heard that too, and I have same thing. And I have a theory about that. Actually, um, to anybody listening who might have a gluten allergy, um, I have a theory about that. There is there has been a ton of research done over the past several billion years um, about how Americans how we process our wheat, and a lot of the big farmers not a lot of the smaller ones but a lot of the big farmers in order to make their wheat easier to harvest they spray it with roundup and they basically kill it and they basically kill the wheat with roundup before they harvest it then they process it and then they make bread from it and then they make pasta from it and then they you know and so my theory is we're not necessarily reacting to the wheat we are reacting to how it is processed so when we go, Katie, you're the look on your face. I'm so sorry. She's, she's sitting there. She's like, I'm never eating bread again. It's just never going well, to I don't eat bread. We're, we, we, we've been like a paleo household. I mean, the, the kids will eat bread because it doesn't bother them. But um, like my husband and I, we have eaten paleo for six years now. And uh, so we don't, we've done zoodles. Um, you know, instead of pasta, um, I've made lasagna with celeriac, which is a big root vegetable, it's super expensive. We've only done it once, but it was the best lasagna I have ever made that was gluten-free. And it was, I mean, cause that celeriac is like buttery and it's so good. My, so, hus- um, my husband wants to make us yeah. gluten-free, uh, lasagna with, uh, zucchini noodles. It's, it's okay. It, you have to get the the water out of zucchini because yeah. the seeds are, are yeah, it'll make yeah. it gross. So, um, but yeah, but, that um, is, that is my yeah. theory about why people who have a gluten allergy here in America go to other countries such as France, Italy, Germany, all of those places. And they're like, yeah, I can eat the bread just fine over there. And then they come here and all of a sudden they're sick again. And so, yeah, that is, that is my theory. I don't know if it's true. I don't need a whole bunch of big, big wheat farmers coming at me. Don't do it. Uh, They probably won't ever listen to the podcast. I don't care. Don't come at me. Um, But that is my opinion. Unscientific theory. Yes. It is my opinion. It's, you know, it's based on things that I have heard 
It is not based on anything that I have experienced myself. It is simply hearsay, but it is my opinion based on things that I've heard and research that I've done. So there we go. Yes. Disclaimer well, created. Crisis averted. <laughs> well, I had another question I was thinking about. I was trying to think about my book, but instead I kept thinking about questions I had for you three. <laughs> Which is totally fine. Hit, hit us. Um, yeah. Okay. So for some reason I kept thinking about this all day. I recently read Katie's book, Between the Birches. I've read Lacey's book, which is The 13th Zodiac. I love those. And both of those also deal with destiny in different ways. The cool thing about <laughs> destiny is you, yep. can, you can move it around. You can change it. You can do all kinds of fun things with it. And my book does, too, in a different way. And it made me think about the difference between fate and destiny because people use them all the time. But to me, fate is like a predestined course you're stuck with. You can't change. And like destiny has to be earned. You got to go through something to reach your destiny. And sometimes you go through something trying to avoid it, and then you still end up reaching it some other way. And I was wondering what you guys thought about fate versus destiny. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the whole fate um, predestined thing, because I know you've read the end of the first book and you've hit up a portion of Dream Taker, mm -hmm. there is actually a moment where somebody realizes that they did exactly what fate meant to happen. Even though they thought that they had actually gone against it, but they really didn't. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> Carl Jung said, you will meet your path, you will meet your destiny on the path you take to avoid it. Yes. Right? You will meet your destiny, but destiny has to be earned, it feels like. You don't get to walk into your destiny like you do fate. And then if any of that's true, then what is luck? Well, I think that's why I chose fate instead of destiny. <laughs> why? Well, my my opinion, and, and you guys can tell me if you if you agree with this or not, Fate is kind of, you know, like what Caroline said, it's kind of, you know, the predestined is going to happen no matter what. Destiny kind of seems like almost the other side of that coin, but it's more like you're, it happens when you don't think it's going to, and you're like, oh, okay, well, it should have, it act, you know, should have happened exactly that way. And so destiny is kind of the, the hindsight of, okay, you know, everything should have turned out exactly this way, but I didn't realize it again, like Caroline said, until you've gone through whatever it is that you were going through. Um, you know, fate is, you know, well, I was fated to get that horrible parking spot at the grocery store. Destiny would be like, you know, well, I got that horrible uh, parking spot at the grocery store, but I met my literary hero walking into the grocery store. So that was destiny. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> and then luck is in there somewhere in between the two, maybe. And then luck would so be, you, and luck, luck. luck would be you find a hundred dollar bill, you know, and <laughs> you find the hundred dollar bill and you realize the person in front of you dropped it. You hand it to them and that's your literary hero. And that's how you meet them. That would be luck. That's, there you go. Her, then you become best friends with them. <laughs> and then you become best friends with and, them. And that would be fate. And, there you go. So it's kind of a circle. And here you go saying you can't write. I mean, that, that's right there. It's the start of a story, Pam. Come on. Get to I, it. I have absolutely <laughs> no desire to write a book. 
I have no desire to write a book. I would rather read yours and proofread yours and just enjoy the heck out of your stories. I have no desire to write my own. Well, I have about half a book written and I haven't worked on it in a long time because I wasn't really in the mindset, but I'm getting back in the mindset. But I want you to know that multiple people have said they can't wait to see a trip to Scotland in the second book. And Ooh, fun. I, I, we have 10 I minutes, know, by the I way, guys. That. I can't tell you how many people said, I really, really hope they take a trip to Scotland. And I'm like, really? And that never crossed my mind. But yeah, well, I mean, that's where Keller's family's from. I know. So that would be nice. That yeah. would be nice. That would um, be that would be amazing, actually. Yeah. We can't give away spoilers, though. So. No. Yeah. Now, he's. That's opposite what you said. His family's not from Scotland. Oh, think about. Uh, I think you said on. a different name, and that's okay because now they be confused. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna confuse everybody okay. on purpose. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter what she One said; thing, you're gonna be confused. Scotland might be in the future because people keep saying it to me, and I had not thought about that. But I've been to Scotland a lot. Was it and I destiny, love it Caroline. Must be destiny. <laughs> I think it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> or Barney. It's one or the other. Okay, I have one really quick question about Brooke's mom and her and the whole renovation of the house versus um, restoration and how she keeps asking, you know, um, if if you're gonna if you're gonna replace the roof, can it weather the storm? Can it weather the hailstorm that's coming? You know, and if it does, if it can't, make sure you have it the same instead of changing it because then you'll have to change the whole house. Is there like a, a, a separate meaning? Are there layers to what mom was saying to Brooke? Yes, definitely were layers. Okay. Like an onion. Okay. okay. Not to offend Pam's husband, but <laughs> he can handle those kinds of onions. There were a lot of layers going on with the home renovation happening. There the were, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of layers just in general in this book. I mean, I am. We could probably spend another three to four hours going through scene by scene and going, okay, well, what did we mean by this, and what did Caroline mean by this, and like I said. <laughs> we're not gonna sit here for another three to four hours i'm just saying but we probably could uh, <laughs> but we have we are almost done we have about eight minutes left so on our way out uh we're gonna start with Lacey since you are my upper left um what are your last thoughts about this book and what do you think the readers need to know in order to go buy this book and read it and come and tell Caroline how much they loved it. Well, it, it definitely ends the, not how you expected it to. Um, like a few of us wanted a certain outcome, but the outcome that did happen ended up being a good outcome. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it was definitely different than what I'm usually reading. Yeah. Uh, no, no, nobody got stabbed in the eye or anything. So <laughs> next book, next book, I'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> With a rusty fork, please make it a rusty fork. <laughs> okay, Katie, what are your last thoughts on the book? 
Um, if you like people stories, which, you know, as, as Carolyn and Caroline and I do, it, destiny is definitely for you because it, it draws you in. You get attached to the, to the people, to the characters and to their dilemmas. And you want to see Brooke succeed. You want Nicholas to succeed and you want, you know, you want, um, well, the certain things that happen in her and Brooke's anxiety that she has throughout the entire thing, you, you care for her and you, you want the best for them. And I just love how everything just kind of, you know, it flows and she grows from chapter to chapter. Yeah. And it's, it was a wonderful journey. It really was. And I thought it was well-written. Thank so. you. <laughs> um, I, I don't have a whole lot more to add than what the other two ladies did. But I will say, yes, if you love character-driven stories, I personally don't read a whole lot of them. Um, I like the occasional one, but they're not what I gravitate towards. But if you like the character-driven stories, definitely go pick this one up. It is, It will make you feel all the feels and give you all the feelings in various scenarios um you go from anger to sadness to happiness to laughter to anger to please throw him <laughs> down an elevator shaft um just back and forth through the through the entire book it was very hard for me to put down it really was i i think yep. i read it in like less than three days um yes because <laughs> despite despite it being a character driven story i had to know what was going to happen and, you know, yes. so there was still enough of that action to it that you needed to know what what was going to happen next. And I I think at some point I didn't have to work the next day. And I think I stayed up till like three o'clock in the morning finishing the book because I just had to I just had to know. Um, so, yeah, if you like character driven stories, if you like contemporary stories, just even um just even stories set in real life, quote unquote. Um, definitely, definitely go pick this one up. And um, you will make Caroline a very, very happy Dorothy. I will be. <laughs> okay. Well, Thank I... You, so much. you are very welcome. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and hit stop. I thank you girls so much for coming. And thanks for sitting and chatting about... Um, Destiny and Other Dilemmas by our very own Caroline Floor. And we're going to, um, I'm going to hit stop and we're going to go ahead and take our, take our group picture. So talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>